Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. In this podcast, I discuss and review movies new and old. Uh, So happy Saturday if you're going to join me live. Uh, I'm going to actually be recording a couple of back-to-back episodes. Uh, First off, it's very nice to actually be recording in the daytime. Uh, I very rarely get an opportunity to kind of do this when the sun is out and uh, on a weekend. So hopefully, I will say, uh, if anybody's watching live, if you come on, uh, I'm going to put the link in the uh, chat room. So, excuse me, I'm sorry. The show is available live on the following platforms. Uh, The YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. Uh, The show is also live on Twitter right now. The handle is at Bend Your Ear Pod. And uh, on the show's Facebook page, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear. So if you happen to be scrolling through any one of those uh, social media apps and you see me on now, I'm going to be on recording a couple of back-to-back episodes. So please feel free to either say hi in the chat or if you want to jump on, uh, I would uh, encourage that as well. We have the ability to get you on pretty quickly. Uh, as long as you have a laptop or a cell phone and can click on a link in a browser, I can get you on. So if not, but anyway, if you don't uh, enjoy the show, if you don't come on, uh, but like I said, say hi or, or ask to come on. Uh, like I said, if you come on, you'll see the link here in the chat if you happen to be watching on the video. Of course, if you listen to this later, the show is available on the following podcasting apps. It is on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music, Podbean, and Apple Podcast. So you can get it there. Uh, it's available on other podcatchers, but those are at least the places officially where the show is available on. Uh, again, you can also either download episodes directly from the website or you can look at the archive video episodes at the website as well. Uh, the website is bend your or let me bend your ear. I always get that wrong. Let me bend your ear.com. You think I know my own website. Again, that website is let me bend your ear.com. All the episodes there from uh, episode one are available. And you will also be able to get the last, uh, I think six or seven video episodes there as well. If you want to email the show, the show email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. So if you have suggestions for movies for me to review, any feedback on the show, uh, please feel free to do that. Also, if you uh, can help the show out, there's two ways you can really help the show out uh, so we can grow the audience. The first thing is if you listen on any podcasting app, please rate and review. Uh, this is very important. Uh, just rate it. If you give it five stars, I'd appreciate it and put a review. The more ratings and reviews that a show has on any podcasting uh, podcasting platform, the higher it is available in search results as you are seeking out or somebody seeking out a new movie podcast. So if you could do that, that'd be great. The second thing I would ask, uh, if you see, especially on Twitter, I interact a lot on Twitter uh, and I post, of course, my episodes there as well. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I post my episodes there as well. <coughs> so if you see my episodes on Twitter uh, or on Instagram, if you could, uh, if you could retweet those, like those, share those with your social media followers. Uh, for an independent podcaster like myself, the biggest and most important way to to really get the word out there is through word of mouth by people recommending the show. Uh, I posted a couple of days ago and uh, I had a friend of mine that I used to work with, a coworker of mine that uh, up until recently didn't know I had a podcast. So he uh, nicely sent me a comment. I posted it on my Twitter and on my social media, just, uh, just saying that he uh, discovered the podcast and he started listening to it from episode one and uh, and uh, was uh, very complimentary. So I really appreciate that. And and I would tell anyone out there, if you do listen to a podcast, whether it's mine or somebody else's, and uh, if you give that feedback, you don't know how important or how good it makes that podcast or a creator feel. And I posted based on that comment, like I said, anybody that's creating 
art, podcasting, whatever you do, just continue to do it. Like I always say on this podcast, I enjoy doing it because I enjoy talking about movies. Uh, so I love when I get that feedback. I would, like I said, I would do it if one person listened or 10,000 people listened or 10 million people listened. So again, if you uh, if you do that or if you appreciate somebody's creativity, let them know. It really means a lot to them and it keeps them uh, engaged and encouraged. So I really do appreciate that. All right, so in today's show, the first of a couple I'm gonna record, uh, we're going to talk about the brand new film, The Batman. So uh, we're gonna get into that. Uh, obviously, another iteration of the DC comic book character, Batman. So of course, obviously, the most recent iteration of this character has been in the DCEU. So of course, Ben Affleck uh, playing him in uh, Batman versus Superman and in Justice League. And I think he's gonna be playing, Affleck's gonna be playing him one more time. I think I think he's in the Flash, but I'm not sure. So obviously with the multiverse coming out, you know, especially obviously after the success of Spider-Man No Way Home and with the upcoming Flash film, you're gonna be seeing, uh, of course it was just announced uh, in the last few months that Michael Keaton is reprising his role, which is very exciting. Of course, obviously he's from Batman and Batman Returns 89 and 1992 respectively, that he's gonna be playing that character in both the Flash, and I believe in the Batgirl film as well. So before that, of course, uh, the probably the most successful iteration of Batman was the Christopher Nolan three films that he directed, Batman Begins, followed by The Dark Knight, and then, of course, culminating with The Dark Knight Rises uh, as the third film in that trilogy. So little history before we get into the review of Batman. So obviously, Ben Affleck as the most recent Batman uh, before Pattinson playing him in this movie, uh, obviously, the original intent was for Affleck to direct, co-write, and star in the Batman. That was the original plan. So with that iteration of that story, uh, the Batman was going to tie into the DCEU. So obviously, it was going to be a continuation of, of Affleck's portrayal of Batman in that particular storyline of what was going on in the films previous, which would have been Justice League and then, of course, um, uh, Superman v. Batman. So that was the original intent. And then uh, Ben Affleck eventually dropped out of the project and, or actually let me back up a little bit. So he dropped out of directing the film and then Matt Reeves decided to take over as a director. So he's, he's directed the modern planet of the apes films. Uh, I've seen the first two. I don't think I saw the third one. Very good movies, very good um, uh, reboots of the planet of the apes. He did a really good job. That's, that's really all I know him for as a director. So Matt Reeves was announced as direct. So I think the original intention, if I remember correctly, was Matt Reeves was going to direct and then Affleck was just going to star in the film. But then eventually Affleck dropped out completely from both, from all three roles, from writing, directing, and of course acting in it. So then Matt Reeves decided to take the film in a different direction. So he made a couple of key creative decisions, which I think really helped this film. And I'll get more into the, to the story when I get into the review. So when I was reading the initial stories on the Batman after Affleck dropped out. Uh, of course, obviously the casting became a big deal as it always is with these kind of movies. And uh, Robert Pattinson was chosen to play Bruce Wayne, Batman. So of course, you know him from Twilight. He was in uh, Harry Potter and I believe Goblet of Fire. He was in that film. And then of course, he's kind of carved out his own niche in, in smaller films uh, as well, uh, that he's uh, kind of on his own path and, and doing smaller type independent movies. So of course he's cast as Batman. And then Matt Reeves made a decision to a couple of decisions, a couple of decisions that bode well. I think one, he decided to obviously 
one of the issues anytime you're going to go back to a superhero movie, whether it's Batman or Superman, the main comic book movies that have been done before is how do you do another Batman film and not make it repetitive? And I think Matt Reeves, to his credit, made a couple of key decisions. One, which is not to tell the origin story. That's been told. There's no need to tell it again. If anyone has seen any Batman film since 89 Batman, you know the history behind Bruce Wayne. You know that his parents were murdered. And that's what sets him on the path to become a vigilante superhero, whatever you want to call the Dark Knight character. So he made that decision to do that. The second major decision that he made is to ground the story as a, as a detective story, not as a uh, superhero fighting, you know, supervillain of the week, a.k.a. the Joker or Mr. Free or, you know, pick whatever villain you want to pick from any previous Batman film. So I think those two major creative decisions uh, served this movie well, and I think were intentional, and I think were the right way to go. So with this Batman film, you have, again, as I stated, you have Robert Pattinson. So let me get into the plot of, of the Batman. So the Batman opens with uh, Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, uh, as that character for two years. So when the movie opens, it is established that he's been Batman for two years. So this is obviously a younger version uh, of the Bruce Wayne character. And um, as the movie opens, he is trying to fight crime. The Bruce Wayne character in the Batman is very, just like in all the movies, he's very um, introverted, kind of, you know, stuck in the past, kind of trying to do the right thing. All the things that Batman has been struggling with as a character uh, from the comic books all the way to here. So as far as me in the comic books, I don't read comic books. So I don't come at any of these comic book films from a comic book reader perspective. So I don't have that. I know there's criticisms and or compliments of any kind of comic book film that comes out uh, regarding how hard they are or are not based in the comic book lore or the stories that have been previously told. So I don't come at that from that angle because I don't read comic books. So it doesn't, I only come at it as a movie watcher and a fan of movies. So that's how I come at it. So as I said, he's uh, he's been Batman for two years. He's kind of conflicted in the beginning of the film. He's not sure if he's actually doing any good. So he knows he's trying hard. He knows he's trying to fight the good fight, but he sees the crime rising in Gotham City and he starts to openly be wondering, openly wonder if he's even making a difference. So that's what we get into in the movie. So as the movie opens, there is a murder of a mayoral candidate uh, in his own home. And the murderer leaves a video uh, basically stating that this person was not what he portrayed himself as. So this this particular mayor candidate was a district attorney who shut down a huge drug dealer and cartel that was operating in Gotham City and uh, shut them down. And that made him popular, made a lot of the police popular. So he is murdered uh, at the on the eve of a, or actually the week of a mayoral campaign or or the or the election day of that campaign. So there's uh, him running. And then he is murdered and the Batman is brought in to this murder investigation by Gordon. So in this film, uh, kind of like in similar films, he's not the commissioner yet. Uh, he is a detective, uh, one of the lead detectives. I think he's a lieutenant here. Uh, and Gordon is played by actor. 
Oh, I forgot his name. Actually, I just have the cast here. Give me a second. I'm sorry. I think it's Jeffrey, right? But uh, but Gordon brings him in to the investigation, to the chagrin of a lot of the police department. So as the movie opens, it's it's really almost set up as a it as a detective story. So it's they're looking at the crime scene, trying to see what's going on, trying to piece together things from the crime scene, just like you would see in any kind of murder uh, mystery when you're trying to solve who did it. So the murder of this candidate is, uh, like I said, is accompanied by notes to Batman and a video uh, talking about how this candidate was dirty and he was uh, stepping out on his wife and hanging out in this club uh, that a lot of uh, mob types and undesirables hang out at. So the the purpose of the murderer's uh, spree is basically to tell Gotham and to unmask the underbelly of, of Gotham and to, to show the reality of really what Gotham is and the people that run it are all corrupt. So the investigation proceeds and Gordon and Batman try to figure out what's going on. And then we're introduced to the character of Selena Kyle, who was played by Zoe Kravitz. And uh, of course, uh, anyone that knows the comic books or have seen any of the previous iterations of Batman, Selena Kyle uh, eventually becomes Catwoman. Uh, so again, here she's not Catwoman here. She is working at a club called the Iceberg Lounge. And in this club, she works for Oswald Cobblepot, which of course, if you read the comic books or have seen this before, is better known as the Penguin. And in this film, uh, Cobblepot is played by Colin Farrell, who as you've read, he's unrecognizable. I knew it was Colin Farrell going in, but as I'm watching him portray it, I couldn't even tell. The makeup is unbelievable. I couldn't even tell it was him. So the only reason I knew it was because I had read it before the movie came out. So Colin Farrell is Cobblepot and uh, Catwoman is there. And the club is run by head mobster Carmine Falcone. So if you are familiar, uh, if you don't read the comic books and you're familiar with the Christopher Nolan series of films, uh, Falcone was played by Tom Wilkinson in Batman Begins. So he was the crime lord of that town. And uh, in this film, it's played by the great actor John Turturro. Uh, plays Carmine Falcone. And uh, so, of course, as the movie progresses, you have um, Batman along with, with Gordon trying to figure out who is committing these murders. So as the movie progresses, uh, there's more people that are killed. And and it's, it's, it's people that are in high levels of power in Gotham. So you have um, a district attorney, uh, played by great actor Peter Sarsgaard. He plays Gil Coulson. He is abducted and kind of, now I won't say too much of that, but all the, the series of crimes that are committed are against high-ranking people in Gotham with the purpose of, of unmasking and exposing the, the criminal underbelly of the city and the hypocrisy that's involved in it. So these things are committed by someone that gives riddles to Batman. So of course, if you know the story, it's the Riddler. Uh, so in this film uh, is played by Paul Dano. Uh, so the Riddler is basically leaving clues through riddles about what he's doing, what's coming next. And like any kind of crime procedural, uh, the police and Batman are trying to put the pieces together and figure out what the ultimate aim of the Riddler is. Now, Selena Kyle in this film, her friend, a friend of hers that worked at the club at the Iceberg Lounge, ends up missing 
and she's trying to find out what happened to her, how this all connects to each other. And then, of course, she starts to interact and run into uh, Batman in the course of this thing. So that's the basic plot of the film. And uh, so a couple of things I want to get into before I get into the performances, which what is what I normally do. I want to start by um, pointing out, which I think I haven't done in a while in a review. The score for the Batman is fantastic. I said it in my my quick thoughts after I saw the movie the other day. Um, the score is by Michael Giacchino. Giacchino always pronounces, mispronounces his name. Great composer. He's done the t television series Lost. He's done The Incredibles. Uh, he scored a lot of different films. The score for the Batman is one of the best things about the film. The music in this movie is fantastic. It's very propulsive, very... It's just well done. I mean, it, it struck me as I was watching the film uh, and it, in a good way. The music really stands out in a good way. It doesn't distract from the film. I think it adds to the mood and the atmosphere. Now, obviously, uh, in the reviews that I've read and kind of comments about the Batman, a lot of people are, are, are going to the Dark Knight and comparing the Batman to that particular film. And I can understand why I think... For most people in the Nolan the Nolan trilogy of films, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises, I think the overwhelming majority of people prefer the Dark Knight or feel the Dark Knight is the best of those three films, and the Dark Knight is phenomenal. Uh, I'm partial to Batman Begins, but the Dark Knight is, is phenomenal. So the comparisons I've seen between the Batman and the Dark Knight are understandable and make sense to me. So what I can tell you is, in, compare, in my own personal opinion, um, in comparison to The Dark Knight, I think The Dark Knight stands on a level on its own, but The Batman is really, really well done. It's really good. This detective story is good. Robert Pattinson's performance, like I said, the score and Pattinson's performance is Bruce Wayne Batman, I think is good as well. You know, people are going to have their favorites. Is, is he better than Christian Bale? I'm not even going to get into that part of it because it doesn't really matter to me. I go into each one of these movies with taking it on its own. So it doesn't really matter if I think Pattinson's better or worse or the same than Christian Bale. His portrayal for the purposes of this film is good. His Bruce Wayne, you don't see, you see some Bruce Wayne in the Batman. It's more really the Batman because as he's going through this detective story that Matt Reeves has laid out, it's really, you mostly see him as Batman. You don't really see him as Bruce Wayne that much. Uh, but when he is Bruce Wayne, what you see is a character. Like I said, they don't do the origin story, but they do, take their time to really show how it impacts them. So it, it, early in the film, you know, when the, when the first murder takes place, the child of the candidate that's murdered finds the body. And of course, obviously the trauma that brings with it, uh, that you can see that Bruce Wayne relates to that and is empathetic and calls back his own backstory. So they, there's, there's numerous references uh, to that in the Batman and you see it and it uh, works out. They they really incorporate that well without having you do a flashback sequence that shows what happens. They make it very clear, even if you've never seen a Batman film before, what the history of Bruce Wayne Batman is. And secondly, um, like I said, that's well done. The movie is two hours and 50, it's almost three hours long. So it's basically three hours. So as I say in every, every podcast, it seems recently when I review some of these movies, uh, it becomes part of the critique. It did not seem that long to me. So the movie moved very well. It told the story very well, and it was engrossing, great characterizations all around. So that made the movie enjoyable for me to watch. 
So I didn't, the, the length of the film was not an issue at all. And again, part of that was that fantastic score. The cinematography is very well done. Uh, Gotham, I believe they shot the film in England. So um, the with Nolan's films, he shot in Chicago. So you can see kind of Chicago uh, element in The Dark Knight for Gotham in here. It definitely is a different feel for what Gotham is. You know, it's, 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 uh, they shot it in England. So you can kind of see uh, the influences of that particular motif of architecture things in the film. So that was great as well. And uh, again, uh, Andy Serkis plays Alfred in this film. So in the scenes uh, that you see Alfred with, with Bruce Wayne, of course, that's really where most of the interaction with Alfred is. And obviously their relationship is very close. You know, of course, he's like a surrogate father to Bruce. And, you know, of course, they have their their uh, conflicts, uh, you know, as a difficulty of, of, of Bruce Wayne doing what he's doing, uh, having the secret identity and obviously Alfred caring about him uh, and, and watching over him, obviously, because his parents were murdered. So Andy Serkis does a great job as Alfred. Uh, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle is very good, uh, very good as, uh, as, as her character and how she tries to navigate the crime scene to just find out what happened to her friend. And of course, as I mentioned previously, Totoro is very good as Kamon Falcon. Uh, he's always great in everything. So, you know, that's not a surprise that he's fantastic. Uh, Colin Farrell, of course, as, as Cobblepot, uh, a.k.a. the Penguin, he's fantastic. He plays, it's funny because when you look at the portrayals of the Penguin going all the way back to the 60s campy television show with Burgess Meredith, uh, then you go to, of course, one of my favorites, uh, the Tim Burton Batman Returns film. You have Danny DeVito uh, playing it, almost a literal version of the Penguin. So obviously, if you remember that film, of course, DeVito is short in stature. You know, he's got the fantastic makeup job that they did for him in, 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 in Batman Returns. I think Burton leaned into the actual Penguin um, element of that character. Whereas in this film, in the Batman, Colin Farrell and Matt Reeves' decision with him basically is he's really a gangster. So he's a, the top lieutenant to Carmine Falcone and plays him that way, the the affect. He, he almost sounds like a like a goomba from New Jersey, basically, as he portrays him, which is fine. It's a, it's a, it's a completely different way to play it. And I thought uh, Farrell was fantastic uh, in the role. And uh, you have Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. So he kind of plays Gordon as a just, as you always see Gordon in these movies, Gary Oldman played him in the Nolan series, and he's fantastic. And Jeffrey Wright does a good job here. He's, he's playing it kind of the same way, and I don't mean that in a bad way. With Gordon, obviously, he's, He's frustrated at the crime in Gotham and he's trying to do the right thing. And he's an upstanding cop. He's not a dirty cop. And he's just, and Jeffrey Wright just plays him basically as a very serious kind of road weary kind of guy. And, uh, and basically has this tentative relationship with, uh, with uh, the Batman. It's funny. There's a funny scene in there with, with Gordon and Batman where, uh, Batman questions uh, Gordon and because um, Batman says to him, I don't know if I can trust you or can I trust you? So Gordon's response to, to the Batman is like, what do you mean? I've trusted you for two years. I don't even know who you are. So I thought that was a very, very well done scene. And, and um, it's fantastic, their relationship. And you see how the film progresses, how they try. They're, they're trying to do the same thing, get this crime solved. So again, all the portrayals in the film are really well done. Uh, like I said, the direction by Matt Reeves, who also co-wrote the screenplay, is is great. And again, I can't say enough about the score. Uh, the score in the film is fantastic. Uh, it's uh, it's a great musical score for a film, one of the best I've, I've heard in a long time, and I was very impressed by it. 
and uh, you have Paul Dano playing the Riddler character. So again, uh, I found the character very disturbing. Uh, his motives and just the videos he puts out are disturbing, and 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 just the things that he does. So there is a, a level of violence there, and and he's kind of the the main antagonist in the film. And uh, I thought Dano did a great job uh, of portraying that. I think it was a different way, again, uh, a different way to play the Riddler. So I think. Again, I think which is a creative decision, which is smart. I think in this particular film in the Batman, the the villains are more grounded in reality, which of course has been the trend since Nolan started it, with the exception, of course, of the Joker, which is already an outlandish character. And the Riddler in previous iterations, um, whether it's Jim Carrey's in Batman Forever, or going back again to the to the to the 60s TV show with Frank Gorshin playing the Riddler, here. Paul Daniels is a, is a deadly serious portrayal of the character, grounding it in that story, grounding it in the detective story. So I've heard the comparison. I think it's an apt one in 20. I just reviewed Nightmare Alley a couple episodes back. So this is really like a detective noirish type thrill or thriller or mystery. And it's funny because obviously I'm not a comic book reader, but I do know obviously DC, you know, stands for detective comics. So I think in its heart, and I think a lot of the people that are fans of Batman, and I know there are some comic book uh, books series that portrayed the Batman story kind of like this does as a detective story. So basically, you know, Batman, for lack of a better term, becomes a detective in, an, in, a, in a costume uh, using clues, using ways to to solve it, which he does in other iterations of the movies as well. But I think they really lean into it here. And I think it really helps, again, to the people asking the question, because I think that's the question a lot of people are going to ask whether they listen to this podcast or decide whether they're going to go see the Batman. And it's a and it's a legitimate question. The question being, do I really need to see another Batman movie? And I think what I would answer to that is in the in the sense of this particular film, yes, it's a very good. I think pe people will probably ask that before Tom Holland started playing Spider Man uh, for Marvel. Do we really need another Spider Man movie? We had five Spider Man movies in less than ten years. Do we really need it? And I would argue that's you know the Spider the last three Spider Man movies have been the most successful and 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 really some of the best ones. So. I think what all of these comic book films, as I try to look at it with every movie, is if you find a, a a new angle or a great angle to come at it with, and you execute that angle successfully, you can remake these films kind of like James Bond or 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 movies where where different actors play the same character. It is something to traditional. I mean, look, you go to Shakespeare, you go to anything. There's 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 remakes, there's reboots. And I know people ask, I'm guilty of it too. Do we really need another whatever fill in the blank, whatever movie it is? Uh, but again, in this particular case, I was pleasantly surprised um, how good the movie was. Not that I thought the movie was going to be bad because I try, like I said, I try to go into it with an open mind. And like I said, I always look to when I find out something is going to be made, especially a, a reboot or, or or a new version of a particular character or if it's comic book or not, I always go first to who the creative team around it is. So when I saw that it was going to be Matt Reeves, like I said, I was a big fan of his Planet of the Apes film. So when you pick a right, the right director, that always, at least for me, gives me optimism that the film is going to be at least well executed. Now, how good it is or how much I enjoy it is always up for, for debate uh, until I see the film. But when I saw that he was going to be doing it, I was optimistic. Pattinson, like I said, I didn't think he'd be, I, I don't really get into that because people always, it doesn't matter who you cast. People are, some people are like, oh, why are they casting this guy? I don't do that. Because like I said, I've told the story before. I know people, you know, always say Monday morning cornerback. When they cast Keaton back in Batman 89, I, from the beginning, knew 
or or I felt that that was going to be there was going to be no issue with that choice because like I said I had seen the film Clean and Sober and and I remember the uproar when Michael Keaton got cast as Batman everybody's like Michael Keaton playing Batman and I and at the time I said look I think he can pull it off I've seen him do drama I I think he can pull off Batman and of course he did so with Pattinson I didn't have an issue either way with him playing it and he does a very good job he's good as Batman he's good as Bruce Wayne so I have no issue with the with the casting of Pattinson but again the movie's almost three hours long didn't feel it it felt good it was it the story was very engrossing the movie is very entertaining and uh that's what you ask for in, in a comic book film and i do love the fact and, and i said this i think before the uh before joker came out and i haven't reviewed that film and not even it doesn't even matter if that movie's good or bad what i like because i've been critical of the dc cinematic universe because i think they've had more misses than hits but i will say this and i'll give them a lot of credit and i'll give warner brothers credit here starting with i was a big fan of the first wonder woman not so much of the second the Zack snyder justice league release which i was highly suspect i never saw the original justice league that was taken over by joss whedon but the the i was very skeptical about the justice league and if you go back to my review of that film i actually enjoyed it and i was pleasantly surprised how good it was but what I'm starting to see with Warner Brothers, which I actually like, is they do have a cinematic universe, but I think they finally they've learned from their mistakes. And I think they're leaning into solo films with these characters with standalone stories. And now that they're veering into the multiverse, I think it's going to serve them well, because something like the Batman had Affleck not dropped out. We would have got a completely different film, not to say that that film with Affleck wouldn't have been good or bad. But now you get a completely standalone story with a different actor and that I think really serves this well. And I think going forward, I know the flash is coming. You've got the Aquaman sequel coming and then Batgirl and black Adam with, uh, with Dwayne Johnson, these standalone. And I think another Shazam actually, and these standalone films, I think really are going to work well for them. I think, like I said, not everyone's going to be great, but I think it's really going to serve them well to have, these particular movies be standalone films you can make sequels off of them still but i think it's going to give them an opportunity to really tell the stories they want to tell i think because my criticism of of warner brothers and i think the major mistake that they made is they were trying to play catch up with marvel so marvel had, has done such a brilliant job under kevin feige of creating that universe of films that interweave and the stories interweave of course the phases as they culminated with avengers and now that they've moved on from that after endgame the next wave of films they've done such a beautiful job i think warner brothers tried to rush and copy that because obviously of the huge success of marvel and i think it really served them poorly because i think instead of taking their time to really create movies that are interwoven kind of like marvel they were just trying to get characters in so they can culminate to justice league and i think they realized after the 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 mistakes and the criticisms of that to step back from that and to their credit like i said the more of these standalone films that they do i think i think the wheelhouse for dc and which i think will separate them from marvel as well is to create these really good standalone films whether it's joker whether it's this version of the batman whether it's going to be the flash with the michael keaton since they're doing a multiverse like marvel is doing i do think that dc is going to be served well and warner brothers sort of they continue down this road of getting filmmakers to come in and do standalone stories with these characters I think it's going to continue to serve them well. And the Batman is a great example. And I think it's going to be hugely successful. I'm interested to see what the box office is going to be after this weekend. 
but I think it's going to be huge, and I think uh, it's going to be successful. And I think obviously they're going to be making a sequel. I'm sure that's going to be, be probably be announced shortly. So uh, again, that's the Batman with Robert Pattinson, Jeffrey Wright, Zoe Kravitz, John Turturro, Colin Farrell, and a great cast. And like I said, I'm going to bring up the score again. The musical score in this film is phenomenal. So on my Van Gogh rating review for the Batman, I am going to go ahead and give it four Van Goghs out of five. And so on my scale, that's a movie that's uh, rewatchable. That's a fantastic film. I really enjoyed the Batman. Uh, I'm very happy that they pulled this off. Uh, like I said, if you're asking the question, God, do we need another Batman movie? I will say this, this movie is entertaining and I think you will enjoy it. And like I said, it's two hour and 56 running time. Don't let that bother you. It, I didn't feel it at all. It, it went by quickly. And like I said, fantastic movie. Uh, I think you will enjoy it if you are a fan of those type of films. And like I said, I think you'll like the different take. It's definitely not repetitive. You get no origins, no origin story. You get a detective, a very engrossing detective story with Batman in it. And let me say this too, uh, in case anybody has a concern, and I didn't bring it up till now. I forgot. The set pieces, they are some fantastic action sequences in this film. So lest you think that within this running time, it's just basically, you know, but they're strategically placed in the film. And I think it helps. It tells the story better. So you're not getting wall-to-wall -wall action, 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 action all the way through. Now, if that's what you want, you may not love the Batman as much as I did, but the, the set pieces in this film are placed strategically well in this movie, and they come when they need to come, and they're phenomenal. There's a fantastic chase sequence in the middle of the film. There is a fight sequence in the club with Batman. That's fantastic. Uh, the climax is fantastic. So the, the set pieces in the movie are fantastically executed. But again, this is a character study of Batman and of the other characters in the film. The, the characters are very engrossing, not just the Batman character. And it's really, really well done. So like I said, I can highly recommend it. It gives you everything you want. It gives you Batman. It gives you action. It gives you villains. It gives you everything I think you want in a Batman film told in a little bit different way. Like I said, they really lean into the detective story part of it. So if you're into that, I think even if you're not a huge Batman fan, uh, if you just look at it as a detective story, I think you'll be entertained as well. So again, I'm giving the Batman four Van Goghs out of five. Again, that's directed by Matt Reeves. Of course, it's obviously playing in theaters now. Uh, so go check it out. And uh, again, I hope you enjoy this review. This is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Again, my name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. I discuss and review movies new and old. Again, if you see me live now, I'm going to be actually recording a couple more episodes after this uh, back to back. So get some in the queue. So if you see me in the chat, uh, the chat, I'm going to be on Twitter at Bend Your Ear Pod, Facebook, Let Me Bend Your Ear, YouTube, Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. So if you're in one of those right now and you're watching, uh, type in the chat here. I can bring you on if you want to talk about the Batman right before I get off. And I'm going to be doing a couple of other reviews as well. So I'm going to be live here for a little while. Like I said, I don't get the opportunity to record in the daytime very often. So I'm very excited to do that. So again, if you want to listen to this podcast, this podcast is available on most podcasting apps, specifically Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music. And of course, you can always get the either video archived episodes or the audio episodes from the show's website. That website, that website is letmebendyourear.com. You can get those anytime. You can download the episodes as well, so you can listen to them at your leisure. Again, I would ask if you uh, are a fan of the show, if you can help me spread the word. If you listen on a podcasting app, please rate and review. Again, that is hugely important on getting the show more exposure 
for people looking for a movie podcast to listen to if they've run out of stuff to listen to. And also, if you can share uh, my post on social media, that'd be fantastic as well. Uh, I am on Twitter at Benger EarPod, which is also the same handle for Instagram. So follow me at both of those platforms and I'll follow you back. And I interact there all the time, especially on Twitter. So please feel free to reach out. You can email the show at BenjerEarPodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to um, talk to me directly, please do that as well. I'll respond to all your emails. And again, I want to thank everyone that's a regular listener to the show. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I see the downloads and and I, I love that people will like to listen to the show and continue to come back to listen. So I really appreciate it. And uh, if you're a first time listener or watcher of the videos, hey, thank you for checking it out. Whether it's something for you or you move on, I really appreciate you checking the show out. Again, I love talking about movies, as I stated in the post earlier this week. It's my passion. It's been my passion since I was a child. I love doing it, and uh, hopefully you'll join me on this journey as I continue to discuss movies. So again, this is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my review of The Batman. Uh, like I said, if you're watching live, stay tuned. I'm going to be back on shortly uh, to review another film. And if not, I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Take care.